Welcome to the PMA Path, where we focus on small changes that make big impacts. We talk about habits, hobbies, and actionable lifestyle choices that have helped us change for the better and have a mindset full of that PMA. I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, PMAers? Uh, Today's episode is with my friend, Greg Barnum. Greg's a uh, long-distance runner, a long-time vegan, a good friend, and a very interesting uh, guy, musically inclined. Uh, We're going to cover his background, his childhood, kind of what got him into running, what he's benefited from that, um, plant-based lifestyle, meditation, and a whole lot more. So get your listening hats on and uh, enjoy the show. Gregory? Okay, it's happening. It's happening, dude. If that's not a way to test your PMA, I don't know what is, dude. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? I'll give a little quick, uh, we'll pretend like we're just answering, okay? Okay. All right. Greg, are you there? I am here. Amazing. Thank you for sticking with it. Uh, We had a technical difficulty for about 15 minutes, but we're here. We're live. I've got got you on the phone, man. Good to chat with you. That's right. You too. It always works out. It always works out, and that's a surefire way to test our PMA. So, uh, thanks for jumping on the pod, the PMA Path Pod. Uh, this has been years in the making, and uh, it's super exciting to have you here for uh, one of the early episodes, man. So, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be here. I can, uh, when you started talking about uh, starting a podcast, <laughs> and uh, congratulations. Thanks, man. Thanks. So let's, uh, I would like to give a quick introduction for all the listeners so they know who you are uh, in my eyes. And then if you want to give, you know, a quick overview on what you're about, what you want to talk about today. As always, I like to start with uh, the early days. And I'm excited because when I was thinking about this and doing some research, uh, that's a air quotes there research on you. Um, I was like, man, I don't really know your backstory that well. So I'm excited to learn something. So first and foremost, Greg Barnum, very close, dear friend of mine, uh, the father of veganism in my world introduced me to the plant-based life uh, a little over four years. Well, probably a little over five or six years ago, but I didn't get hip to it until four plus years ago. Uh, accomplished marathon runner. I think of you as a very disciplined, problem solving person, an animal lover, yep. a husband, yep. a newish father, right? Got yep. some new additions yep. in your life. A great friend and uh, just an all around good dude, man. So great to have you on the pod, bro. Thanks, man. Ditto. I uh, I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Like our life together starts at when uh, we started working together. And I can remember the first thing that you said was, are you ready to grind? <laughs> and uh, and so, no, but I, I did live before that. Okay, uh, good. I grew up in, in Eugene. And so big Oregon Duck fan. Um, I went to all of my first school in Eugene, graduated high school, and then moved to Arizona to go to school there for a year. And then was that to, was that University got, of Arizona or was that a, a, a community college? What school was that? It was the University of Arizona. Okay. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a a spontaneous decision to go down there. And a spontaneous decision to leave there. I went and I worked for the Walt Disney World Company for a college internship and then ended up staying in Orlando for nine years after that. Graduated from University of Central Florida. And upon graduating, started a music promotion website at the very beginning of people digitizing their music. Uh, so we helped a bunch of local bands and DJs do that. And through one of the biggest parties in Orlando, and I think it was about 2000, 2001-ish. Okay. And, uh, and then started into the nightclub promotion business. And so worked at one of the largest nightclubs in the southeast uh, for about four years and then realized that the nightclub business didn't offer health insurance. So I decided to, uh, get a, get a real job and I moved back out here to Oregon and, and, uh, have been working out here in Oregon and Washington ever since. Nice. Nice. So you, so you were, you moved to Florida for an internship and then ended yep. up staying there and transferring colleges and doing the whole thing and getting into the the club scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can remember walking across the uh, campus of University of Central Florida and making a decision in my mind that I was going to have something to do with uh, that large club that I ended up at. Nice. Other than being a patron. <laughs> and uh, I've always had had music uh, has been a big passion of mine through my entire life. And, uh, you know, going to shows. And so like the next logical step to to doing more with music was to create shows and, and do shows myself. Uh, so did you did you play instruments growing up or you were just into music, listening to music? going to shows did you did you play like piano or guitar or anything like that when you were a kid yeah i did i was i was uh asked by my mom to learn the piano and i used to go over to the university of oregon music school where i would take piano lessons and then that became a uh job in high school that I would play piano at different things and different functions and for different groups. Wow. Cool. Start, started, started a couple of bands in high school. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it had always been something that I did play musical instruments and uh, always something that I like to do. Awesome. Awesome, man. Um, did you know that? I didn't know that. I knew, I knew, <laughs> I, here's, here's my background on you. Uh, knew you're from Eugene, knew you're a huge duck, as am I. Um, knew you lived in Florida, knew you were a DJ and into the nightclub scene, but not entirely sure how you got into it. Or how you got to Florida. I thought maybe you were like, you know what? I'm going to go as far away from Eugene as I possibly can and uh, go to school out there. So, And then we actually met one time. You probably don't remember this, and I'm not sure how I remember this, but years ago, this must have been like, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe, 12 years ago. We both worked, yeah. or you worked for a company that I had started my career with, and uh-huh. I was living in Northwest Portland, and I saw you at like six thirty, seven in the morning in line at Starbucks, and you had the uniform jacket on, and I was like, <laughs> hey, man, blah, 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 and you're like, yeah, and you, I, I later learned you must have come off like a overnight shift. And uh, you you weren't the most friendly person I've ever met in life, but that's okay. You know, look at us now. Exactly. So exactly, that's hilarious. Because I remember when I met you that time when 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 I said, "Are you ready to grind?" Because that's what it's going to take. Uh, I was like, I know this dude from somewhere, and then I put two and two together. Anyway, it's all good. Um, I look at you as kind of a mentor for me as far as health and wellness goes, because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've been, you've been down with this stuff longer than I have. You got me, you know, intrigued about it specifically due to your, your running, your marathoning, um, and just being super physically fit, which, um, you know, I, I've had a number of turning points in my life, but, one of the big ones for me was getting sober. And so like after, after the dust settles of that, you kind of, you know, you regroup yourself and you figure out, all right, who do I want to be? What am I about? And, uh, and really, so that as well as going fully plant-based and kind of diving into that world, which has opened me up to a lot of other worlds with regards to, you know, everything, uh, all the stuff, the PMA path, I mean, it was born out of somebody that I came across because of going plant-based. So I kind of attribute mm-hmm. a lot of that to you because you, you sort of pushed me unknowingly in this direction. <laughs> and also, uh, the way in which you did that, um, I've sort of taken that approach with others because it wasn't super forceful. It wasn't like, you know, shameful. It was just like, Hey, this is what I'm doing, you know, and it's, this is why it's helped me out. Maybe, maybe it'd help you out too, you know, if you're interested, but it wasn't like, don't eat that cheeseburger. Cause, uh, cause you know, (laughs) and the all blah, 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 which I, you know, people that immediately Uh, shuts people off. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that never seem seems to work very well. Yeah, It's weird. Um, but I didn't know that, that, I mean, I, I knew that you, I mean, I can remember you asking me questions about 
like how I ate and what I ate and how did I do marathons and, and what were, what were some of the things that were helpful? Um, you know, at no time do you know really the impact that, that you're having, I don't think. Um, and so it makes me feel good that it is something that, uh, has been positive. You know, I mean, that's the impact that I, that I, want to have that I think most people want to have on the people around them. So that, uh, that's cool. That's, uh, that's really awesome because it is a huge shift. I mean, it's a huge shift in, in lifestyle and the way that you think about things to, um, eat completely plant-based. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and not only that, but from my experience and, for anybody listening, the goal is not to uh, convert every listener here. So uh, fear not. We won't we won't harp on it too much. But um, it's a mindset shift in for me, anyways, in the way that uh, you approach life and how you think about you know impact and and harm and kind of everything ties into what you're putting into your body. So the it's like it's a little bit like a domino effect of you do one thing and then that's helping you. And then it, you start to look for other things that will improve and you, you slowly are looking for all these little minor um, changes that can build up and, and become pretty impactful. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's exactly what my experience is. Uh... I mean, my experience mirrors your experience that way in that, you know, once you once you kind of get the the nutrition thing squared away, like that's a foundation from which you can look look for other things, because like once you feel that much better, yep. you're thinking, you know, what can, what else can I do? Yep. I mean, when I started eating this way, it was it was for a completely selfish reason. It was, um, well, two things. Number one, uh, I was trying to convince people in my life it was a good idea to do another marathon. And all of the time that it takes to train and takes away from maybe those people, um, you know, what's what's a reason? And so I guess that, you know, starting to eat plant-based was something that I knew was motivating to people in my life. And so mm. I said, I'm going to train for this marathon plant, plant-based. So that was kind of uh, manipulative. <laughs> uh, but then it, you know, and then it, <clears throat> it turned out that the benefits to how I felt both training and just in general, it was, it was uh, pretty dramatic. And so, yeah, I haven't looked back in, uh, I don't know, I think it's seven, eight years. So what was, what are some of the immediate changes that you noticed? I mean, I think the one that are two, number one, just energy and recovery. I mean, energy throughout the day, um, energy during workouts or during runs and after runs it was completely different um you know as well as the energy like after you eat yeah you know i always tried to figure out why the fuck do i feel so run down after i eat like you would think that would be and that was prior to eating plant-based 
you'd think that would be when you'd get the energy. I mean, if you're eating, that's what you're supposed to do. Eat, get energy, right. go. Um, but I always felt like tired after eating meals. And so, you know, the energy after meals was completely different too. Yeah. Um, then like just the recovery and the soreness when, when you're, when you're training, it's like prior to, um, you know, you'd be sore for a couple of days after a long run, or you would go down the stairs backwards after <laughs> running a marathon. Uh, but, you know, all the marathons passed when I started eating that way. It's like I'm ready to go the next day. There isn't that soreness in your muscles because of having a bunch of acid buildup. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but I could feel so it. So you felt the difference in your training and then in your daily life as far as calories in being energy, but the wrong calories in draining your energy. They, you know, people call that a food coma. And that's a good point because yep. I have noticed that as well. Um, you're, and you explained it to me early on as in, look, man, your body's not working as hard to break down these really tough to break down products that are not made from the earth that are not necessarily um, intended for modern day consumption, you know, dairy specifically, right. or, you know, meat or whatever. But um, <clears throat> so your body's working twice as hard or more to, to break that down and therefore draining your energy. So I wrote down when you said that, yeah. it's like, it's so simple. Calories in produce energy, right? I'm talking to my nine-year-old about that. Like you have to be aware of what calories you're bringing in because that's what's yeah. going to fuel you throughout the day and throughout your life. So um, if you're putting heavy, you know, non-essential calories in, what do you think is going to happen, right? It's not, it's not going to benefit you. It's like putting, you know, diesel gas in a regular car or vice versa. It just doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense when you really break it down. But who really breaks it down? Not a lot of people, not a lot of the time. So, um, no, no. And I think that, you know, there's so much wrapped up in the convenience of, eating a certain way or the traditions within a group or a family and eating a certain way that, you know, <clears throat> those are obstacles that prevent a lot of people from, you know, trying it or thinking about it in a different way. Um, you know, and there's also a lot of money behind keeping people eating the way that, uh, companies have decided is the most profitable way to feed yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. So you got into, so you got into the running before you got into the veganism. I did. I got into running about, uh, I'd say about 2006, you know, I played soccer growing up, uh, all through high school. Uh, a little bit of like intramural stuff in college and then just kind of went into a, 
not a sedentary lifestyle. Like I was always active in terms of, I was never like sit down, watch TV for hours, that kind of thing, but definitely no like structured exercise thing until about 2006. So that's like 12 years after I graduated high school. Um, and so, yeah, I started running about 2006 in order to quit smoking. What? You were a smoker? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I smoked many, many packs. I mean, a, maybe a couple of packs a day when I was working at the club. Holy shit, dude. Menthols or camel lights or what? <laughs> <laughs> camel lights. Dude, light. camel yep. lights. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I quit smoking started running and uh yeah just replace one addiction with yeah that's uh i was gonna say that earlier the the funny thing at least in my journey has been and i i think i see this in you a little bit i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but i have a very addictive personality like like that i you know that's why for for people like me and me and uh in my path it's like i can't i don't want to have just one of something that i know i want 20 of whether it's a beer or a drink or (laughs) you know a cigarette for example um and Mm -hmm. and and i think there's a lot of that within the plant-based community because a lot of people in recovery and a lot of people that are just like all about it it's all or nothing mentality and so it's funny that you said that, like to quit smoking, I started running, which is like, that's yeah. a tough path to choose. Yeah. And they're two completely diametrically opposed yeah. things. But there's right? no middle ground for, for, for people like us. You know what I mean? No. You're either in yeah. or you're out. No, you're, you're either exactly in right. or you're out. You're either in or you're out. There's no, yeah, <laughs> I, I. I definitely identify and, and relate to that. Um, so yeah, the running, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I'm going to run three times a week. It was okay. I'm training for a 5k. Okay. Now it's on to a 10k. Okay. Now it's on to a, a 12k. Okay. Now it's a half marathon and now it's a marathon and now I turn around and it's 14 marathons yeah. later. And so was it that progression, like you did a five, one organized 5K, one organized 10K, or was there lag in between? Uh, well, there was the training in between, um, but it was just consistent training. And I don't think I stopped running for more than a day or two um, from 2007 to about 2019. Wow regular Forrest Gump. (laughs) (laughs) I was so, so you did all the, the shorter distance races. And then was there just something like in the back of your mind the whole time thinking, Hey, I want to start running a run marathons. Or was it just like, okay, I did that. Check that off the box. What's the next step? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I think that the marathon was the idea at the outset, just as something that would scare me enough to, to keep me motivated. Um, But I also am pretty methodical 
in everything that I do. And so like, I wasn't the guy who was going to be like, I'm going to go run a marathon and just start training for a marathon. Like I wanted to try to build the foundation first yeah. and then so that, it, you know, I mean, yeah. So that, that's, that's how that went. Um, it was a 5k in, in Seattle. Uh, and then like, I think I did a, a, a actually a 12 K instead of a 10 K cause I couldn't find a 10 K. Um, and then uh, a half marathon. And then when I moved down to Portland for work, I was training for the Seattle marathon, uh, and was going to run that. I think it was 2007 or eight and work got so in the way that I had to scale back my training. I ended up not doing that marathon, but then I did run the Seattle marathon the next year, 2009. And that was the first, that was the first full marathon that you ran. Yep. What was that like? Um, it was, it was, it was cathartic. Uh, just because I, I mean, my, you know, my experience uh, coming back from Florida and kind of establishing life here and then to, you know, be able to, to make that accomplishment um, was uh, I felt like I'd hit a good reset on uh, on life. So it was nice. good. You remember your time? Yeah, it was like four hours and nine minutes that's i pretty think good that's pretty good yeah it was uh i was out there on your i know we'll get thought. to that we'll get to that my <laughs> first and my only and only so far, so far. New, hey hey breaking you got, you news got an- breaking you got news. another one in you october i think it's the third of october 2021 portland marathon your boy your boy's coming back for that so I already signed up. I actually signed up last year for 2020 pre-COVID and then uh, COVID hit. Thankfully, they canceled it because I didn't train for it. And, uh, you know, so they, they pushed it out a year and, and gave everybody a coupon. They didn't give you your money back, but they gave you a coupon that you could apply oh. it to the following year. So I actually they got we a have a little side note but we have so far three participants including myself who are signed up and running and i believe one of them or both of them and myself have the pma path on our bibs so uh you know maybe we'll get some (laughs) swag or some merch coming for that but anybody out there who wants to join us you're welcome the more the merrier it's uh it's a really big accomplishment. I mean, I teared up when I finally crossed the finish line at like five hours and 12 <laughs> minutes on the first one. But uh, this time I'm, I'm looking to beat that and, uh, and do it again, man. So, yeah. so thanks to you for turning me and on to you, that and, kind of thing. And then you promptly Yeah, you down. have to lay down because you're fucking exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's a, it's a good feeling, though. It's a good. It's it a is. Good and tired. you said earlier that uh, you know you weren't that sore. I think that I'm pretty sure that race was on a Sunday, 
and yeah, I woke up the yep. next morning and went to work uh, on a Monday. Yep. And like, I was a little bit sore, but not nearly as sore yeah. as you would think you would be, especially as a, you know, heavier dude running that long and, you know, your legs and everything. So I attribute that to the nutrition for sure. And, uh, and, you know, just the, the days and hours and weeks and months of training prior that kind of build your body up to it. Yeah. It's funny to walk around a, a city, you know, cause I've done a few big city marathons and destination marathons. And, um, it's funny to walk around a city because you can tell who ran the marathon the day after the marathon. Cause you can tell who ran the marathon the day before. How? They walk down the stairs <laughs> backwards. Um, they they're wearing kick, their shirt. Uh, they just wear their shirt. Yeah. They're finisher. like, right. Yeah. Just don't wear the shirt of the yeah. race in the race. That's uh, that's a, that's a foul. That's party foul. But, um, <laughs> They, uh, yeah, I mean, you see like 20 year old people walking around like they're 80, and, it, and yeah. it's funny. And uh, you just want to serve them a salad. <laughs> You're like, I got a fix for that. I got a yeah. fix for that. So you started running, then you went plant based. And how did your, yep. I know your recovery improved and you felt better, you had more energy, but like, do you think your performance improved? solely based on that change. Yeah, I think it was the biggest um, incremental performance improvement uh, that anything that I did or that I tried. Um, it, the result of that was, was a bigger incremental performance than anything else that I had done, whether it be different types of runs or different types of training programs or stretching or strength training, the nutrition part uh, completely changed the game in terms of performance. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, it makes, it makes logical sense, but it it's is. just wild to hear that because you right. think like, Oh, it's all about running up hills or doing lunges or, you know, doing a million crunches but as simple as what you're feeding your feeding the fuel that you're feeding the body to get you to get you moving exactly exactly nice um you mentioned the sort of the thought process or the the mental state when you were running your first marathon as being like this big hurdle to get over uh you know kind of a life moment what other sort of mindset um, impacts has becoming a runner had on you? And then I want to I want to parlay that question and shift the conversation a little bit to like meditation. I know that you've recently gotten into some meditation practices, and and mm -hmm. and how that ties into your outlook on life. Because in the time that we've known each other, we've had some ups and downs, but I've seen, I think, especially mm -hmm. in the last year or so, like just a mental shift in you that I think is a really good change. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so the running and, and the marathon or uh, training for running and, and what that has done to my mind first. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, when I, I think that I, I look at running and I don't know that everybody looks at running this way. It's just the way that I look at it is that like running is, is an analogy for anything, Mm -hmm. you know, you have, you have the, you have your podcast, the PMA path and like, you know, you run down a path and, and that path or, or road or whatever is, is just like any small thing that you have to do or any like full life experience. And so like at first you don't really want to do it and then your body warms up and you kind of get to going and it feels clunky or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like you feel good and you're doing it. And then, you know, you accomplish what you set out to accomplish for the day. And so, you know, like, first off, like anything that I look at, I don't look at it as being insurmountable just because I know that, you know, I've started a 20 mile run. I've felt crappy at the beginning. I've, you know, gotten into a rhythm and then I finished it. And I just look at that as a I look at everything in my life as an analogy of like running because I've spent probably more time running than any other activity outside of maybe sleeping. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I just, you know, and there's struggles inside of a run, you know, there may be, like you said, a hill or there may be, you know, shitty weather or whatever. And so, like, all of those things are, like, all of the things that you encounter in life. And you realize, you know, you just keep going. And, and, and you'll get to where you're trying to get to if you just keep yeah. going. Footfalls. Yep. So that's how, that's how I, I view it. And the other thing, like, that I oftentimes have experienced is that like the run you don't want to do is the run that ends up being the best it always it always ends up being uh the the run that you don't want to do is the run you need to do and you always feel most accomplished after that and so whether it be you know, procrastinating on something or avoiding a situation or a conversation that you need to have. Like, you know, if you look at that similarly to the run you didn't want to do, you know, you realize you just got to get it done and it always works out and uh, ends up being, because you know in your mind what you need to do. You know, but so many, so many times, you know, I get hung up on not doing that thing or distracting myself with other things or being, I saw a quote today um, that uh, Ryan Holiday posted up and it was a Tim Ferriss quote saying that, I don't know the exact quote, but basically people being busy 
is really the the excuse for not doing the most important things that they need yeah. to be doing. Yeah. It's like busy versus um, productive. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that, you know, our minds can completely distract us from the most important thing yeah. to do. And I think that they do that because we're afraid of it. And so running is always, you know, I was, when I first started running, I was afraid of long runs. I mean, I would just build it up in my mind. Like, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to get through right. this? And, uh, you know, you build it up incrementally, you know, a mile more each week for the long run, step back a little bit one week and then go forward again the next week. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you're running longer than you ever felt like you would ever be yeah. able to run. And so, you know, the training programs and the structure of the training programs, I mean, it's brought a lot to how I try to approach and, and break down just other experiences in life. Yeah, man. I mean, you just said a lot right there, but that's... Uh, that was a lot that of was words. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, you may have to edit some of no, those out. it was good. I mean, I wanted to... I was writing some notes down, like the run you don't want to do is the one that you need to do. I mean, how, how relevant yep. is that for so many things in life? You know, it's like you, yep. you wake up in the morning, if you have to go to the office or, you know, you're working on a project and it's like, like you said, you know exactly what you should start with. And a lot of the time we find ourselves doing the things that's simple or easy or fun first, because it's like, you know, I'm going to put that other thing off until the afternoon because I'll have a little more time this afternoon or I won't be distracted. And then inevitably something else comes up and it's like, Oh, I'd rather do that than this. When in reality, mm -hmm. if you had done the tough task first, you'd be done with it. A and B, uh, you're actually going to get it done. And then all the other easy stuff is going to just fall into place because you could do that in your sleep. You know, you could do that without even thinking about it. So that's a great analogy. And then your quote about everything always working out, you know, I feel like, I mean, that's like, if anybody knows Greg, that's a uh, Gregism for sure that I feel like started out a little bit as a joke. Or like a a uh, being <laughs> facetious, right? But has evolved and been yeah. like, well, goddamn, everything does kind of work out, you know. It's like <laughs> it's like just give give the task or the thing or whatever that is the space to work its course, and nine times out of ten, it's gonna be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think one of the biggest obstacles that I've all, always been working on is trying to figure everything out before um, starting moving yeah. on it. Or, you know, if I can't figure it all out, well, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to start doing it until I get it figured out um, all the reasons why something isn't right. going to work. And, you know, that's, that's working like ass backwards. Right. Uh, it's kind of like, 
in it's kind of like experience. when you you know somebody wants to get into running and instead of just putting on their shoes and going for a run it's like oh first i need to get the iWatch or the apple watch like dialed <laughs> in or i need to get these you know wireless yeah. headphones or some special shoe or whatever it's like no dude fucking go run a mile and see how that goes and then run right. another one and then do this and do that and it's like yep. incremental change that's gonna ultimately you're gonna turn into a runner if that's what you're trying to do or you know yeah hey yeah i've been thinking yep. about going plant-based yep. but like first i need to eat all the meat in my freezer or you know it's like no dude have some fucking oatmeal for breakfast <laughs> see how you feel you know what i'm saying so it's it's totally this it's the same thing no matter what the circumstance is you know i mean i do that shit daily and it's this conversations like these are yep. such a good reminder to just like start just start and then you can adjust as needed. But if you don't start, you're going to think of a million reasons why you shouldn't do it or why it's not going to work out. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that our brains are programmed that way in order to avoid failure or, or you know, it's just the ultimate yeah. flight, right? Where it's like we're just going to avoid what we know we need to do. We're going to avoid getting started or, or whatever it is. And so starting with that mindset of, you know what, this is going to work out. Like, it's not going to be perfect, but like, there's nobody who's perfect no. and there's nothing that works absolutely perfectly. And, you know, more, more experience, more life experience has just continued to show that like the people who seem to be the happiest or accomplishing the most are the ones who don't get in their own way and just start doing what they know they either want to do right. or need to do. Right. Did you, you know, and I learned that, I learned that from watching, you know, when working alongside you in the sense that like you never make, a, at least from, from situations I've seen you in, outwardly you never make a big deal out of things that i would make a big deal out of and so that perspective helped me like just go you know you need to fly a little more like by the seat of your pants <laughs> like noah does yeah well what you don't see is that in my mind i'm completely talking myself out of why you know i in my mind i'm freaking out but in my in the projection it's like no nah, it's all good man it'll work itself out like let's just give it a little bit of time that's that just makes it even more brilliant <laughs> and yeah fly by the seat of your pants i mean i think you know for for people listening that don't know greg and i are in the same industry uh in sales and it's the longer i've been in sales the more i've realized that most people out there especially successful people don't actually know what the fuck they're doing. Like they, well, <laughs> or I shouldn't say that. I should say they didn't know what the fuck they were doing when they started. And so um, they, but they did the action, right. And then built upon that. Yep. So they, you know, at, at the time they just, they just did the work or 
started and then it ended up being um, a success, but it wasn't, nothing was fully planned out. Nothing was like, they didn't have all the answers, but those that took the action consistently ended up, you know, being more successful. And it's the same thing in any, any industry. We, we, we sell products and services to a lot of different industries and you talk to business owners and, you know, people at high level positions and they're all the same type. Like it's the same story here over and over and over and over again. And a lot, you know, the humble ones with humility are like, yeah, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. And so that's, yeah. that's the difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That counts. That, that counts for a lot more. Um, than having this grand plan and every detail figured out like the action the action is the important part um both in both in the career that that we both have but also in you know the things that we want to pursue outside of that um you know and even and, and like now like you can find all the information i mean when we you know we're we're of similar age but like when we were younger or whatever like all of the information wasn't at our fingertips you know there wasn't forty-seven thousand plant-based documentaries and 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 podcasts and books and you know google um you know so now like the great equalizer is not the information because everybody's got the information. Like what you differentiate yourself is like yep. by doing and, and pursuing. And uh, it all starts with like the mindset that you're promoting on yep. the podcast and a positive mental attitude because, you know, it it's very hard to get started if you're thinking of all of the reasons why things can can go wrong or all of the reasons why you shouldn't do something or all of the all of the things that uh, make you not right. want to do something right yeah well said well said um okay i want to i want to shift to your meditation you you uh when did you yep. start meditating Uh, it's been off and on since probably 2015. Okay. I didn't realize, I didn't realize Um, it'd been that long. Yeah. The last piece, like the last piece of putting together qualifying for the Boston marathon was meditation. Um, because inevitably there was always a point in a marathon, um, that I would lose control of my mind in terms of talking myself out of continuing to run at the pace that I needed to run at or convincing myself that physically, like I couldn't do it. And so before running the race that I qualified for that, I think I had meditated for maybe 60 days straight 
and called upon that during that race. I can remember calling upon it a couple of times um, and finally and finally made that. And so like my the practicing meditation had a specific um, purpose for that. Um, and but it but it's been off and on. Like then I didn't meditate for a while after that and then started meditating again before I ran Boston uh, to get through that that race and then it would fall off again and and just recently I mean I think that you know I may be on like a 75 or 80 days on a streak. bender yeah yeah, yeah I'm on a meditation bender dude well you you hit me <laughs> to that calm app which is pretty cool because you yeah. know I think meditation is one of those things that people get nervous about and, and start talking about all the reasons that they don't want to do it, you know, but, and it's totally overcomplicated the process. So the idea behind meditation, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and you know, when I've practiced, I've never gone as consistently as you have. Um, but I, I take time pretty much every day to like calm myself down shut off my phone or like not have my phone with me um, and try to quiet the mind. I'll do that through different things like the cold tub, the sauna, uh, just being like taking a, a quiet break, breathing, whatever. But the idea of meditation is to quiet the mind. Right. And so that's a very right. simple task, a very simple action. Yeah. Yet we're like, Hey, we, you know, I got to get the right meditation pillow. And I, you know, I need to get some incense <laughs> in here and, you know, I, I, Oh, I can't do it yeah. right now because you know, my dog's awake. It's like, just quiet the mind. I need, you know, yeah. you don't need to be able to sit cross-legged perfectly with, you know, your back straight. It's like lay down if you're, if you're not comfortable or, um, but that's another thing that, that is so easy to overcomplicate. And you're not going to get it right the first time, no matter who you are. It's never going to be perfect. But the action of doing it consistently, it gets easier and easier and easier. And it has more and more res or benefits for you on the, on the backside of that. So that's another thing, just like running. Yeah. I mean, all these things we're discussing, uh, maybe not very eloquently, but... They're simple things. Go plant-based, eat well, some vegetables that grow out of the ground, right? You don't have to, you don't have to go crazy, but um, th that's a simple task. They're, they're cheap. They're easy to get. You know, you can buy them frozen, fresh, organic, non-organic. It doesn't matter to get started, but eat more vegetables and then go for a run. Sit quietly. Like these are all simple tasks that don't cost a lot of money and don't, you don't really need anything for them. Exactly. Like I think the great irony about like trying to get everything right and overthinking getting started in meditation is like exactly right. the opposite of right. meditation. <laughs> the more you overthink it, the more you need to simplify it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that one of the biggest um, 
I just didn't think that it would, I didn't think there was much of a return yeah. on investment when, when I, when I had heard about it or looked at it before, but like the more people that you're exposed to or hear about that, that's like the thing that mm-hmm. they do. Um, and is the thing that they, um, attribute a lot of their ability to function in this crazy world. Like, yeah. okay. Like I'm, I'm much less accomplished or successful or anything than these people. So I'm willing to, to give it a shot to, to be happier and, and more peaceful. And, you know, I think having that specific reason to use that as a tactic to try yeah. and accomplish something um, that was smaller than like a peaceful right. life <laughs> uh, was helpful to get enough exposure to it that um, and then and then seeing the benefits. I mean, it it's one of those things that consciously when you're not really doing anything and your mind goes, you know, you would have totally reacted differently if you did not have a meditation practice right. to what just happened to you. That's a pretty um, amazing thing. It's not like, oh, it's a huge, you know, gain in wealth or that's a huge, uh, you know, house or car, or cool car or whatever. Like it's 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 not that. And then the more you feel that you realize, you know, that's a lot more impactful on my day-to-day life every day as opposed to the thrill I get of, of, of getting something new or going after the shit that everybody thinks uh, lead, lead to a happy life or a, or a uh, peaceful mindset. Absolutely. I've heard Russell Simmons talk about yoga in a similar regard where you're doing these really hard poses and you're smiling through the pain and you're breathing through the pain. And then in life, when something really hard comes up, you're smiling through it or you're breathing through it. It's kind of this similar concept where it's like, okay, this is not going to rattle me because I have the wherewithal to control my mind. Yeah. It's a reprogramming and a practice of changing your reaction because our natural reaction to stressful situation or whatever it may be, there's some more eloquence, um, is to freak the fuck out. You know, I think that's the natural human reaction. And so just like any other skill or practice is, you know, meditation or yoga, Um, it changes the way you perceive it changes your pattern of reaction to the exact same stimulus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, not freaking the fuck out or gritting your teeth through pain. Like that is what, we're all trying to avoid and what inevitably makes us feel better is not having those reactions. So like you can't practice it in the game, right? right? Like you have to practice it day to day to day when like nothing is fucking with you. 
Um, and, you know, I've come to a point in my meditation practice where, like, the guided meditation is, okay, like, shit is fucking uh, screwed up. Like, you can hear sounds and there are people moving around the house and and that kind of thing. Right. And it's okay. Like, it's not it's not that crazy thing happening to you, you know, yet. But when that does happen to you, like your mindset, your reaction is going to be, you know what, it's okay, it's going to work out. And what do we do next to, to move through it or past it? Um, so yeah. I haven't gotten on the yoga train as heavy as I would, would like to. I mean, I've started to do it. We just got a mirror. Um, I think I told you, like, I think it, like, when COVID began and there's some yoga on that. And I always wanted to do it, you know, and getting older and running and, and that kind of thing to, right. to stretch. Um, and so far, I mean, another thing, like, it's, it's really good. But again, I went through that whole, like, obstacle of, okay, well, how do I do it? Or what do I do? And, and just starting it and doing it and not doing it perfectly or not worrying about doing it perfectly was... Yeah, was the key. Yeah, yoga is an interesting one because, again, it's a super simple thing. I don't do yoga. Uh, wish I I would like to, but that's just not a high priority for me at this point. Um, but in in theory, it's a very simple practice. But in Western society, we've made it very complicated to get started. I think like the intimidation factor, I would say, is very yeah. real going to a yoga studio, you know, pre COVID obviously. And now maybe it's a little bit easier, but even, I mean, there's so many free yoga videos on YouTube, but it's like, all right, well, I need to find the perfect one before I, before I commit, you know, or, or whatever. It's just like, it's the same. I mean, anything that it's all the same. So if, if anybody takes anything away from today, I, I think it would be get started doesn't have to be perfect like we talk about it's a process it's you know the path for a reason you're there's no ending it's just it's just you start and then you slowly improve or you change your course i mean if it's not for you it's not for you you know it's there's no right answer yeah yeah i uh i agree I agree. And by no means, like, do either of us have all of this shit oh, not even figured close, out, dude, not even close. But, but I think that they are pieces of things that, you know, like, especially the running part, um, like I by no means have that all figured out and it is, a struggle, but I think the point of the podcast is to throw out things that have helped, uh, helped in terms of being on a path towards positivity as opposed to, uh, negativity or misery or, or just going through the I think that's the biggest one in my opinion is a path to nowhere or, the hamster wheel 
Like that's what my goal would be to get people and myself included to avoid. It's like, that's no, that's no way to live. So if you're going to be on a path, let's make it a good one and a positive one. And it's, it's a process. It's never, there's never, there's never an end game. No. And unfortunately there are a lot of, uh, obstacles to do that. Like we talked about today, like, starting i mean your own mind is an obstacle but how much of the things that you think in your own mind are a product of all of the deluge of things that are flying at you from you know um you know people that people on youtube like that's designed to get you to surf through different they don't want (laughs) you doing yoga they want you watching videos they want you skipping ads right and so like that's a whole that's a whole nother yeah. obstacle to actually getting down to the, <clears throat> the essence. So I guess back to meditation, like setting the, setting the mind right and realizing what is going on. Um, I think one of my favorite things that I've ever read or discovered is like there is a space between what is happening and your mm-hmm. reaction to it. And I just feel like the meditation practice, again, to bring it back to that, um, just makes that space a lot bigger. And, you know, it doesn't, you don't just go on autopilot or on a hamster wheel or whatever and just get thrown around in the, in the wind of whoever is trying to manipulate you to do what will make them more money or whatever. Yep. 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 Cool, man. Well, we're up on an hour. Dude, that's an hour. an hour for the listeners. This is the first podcast uh, <laughs> that we've gone a full hour. So Greg, thank you for that. You, Hey, also, I just want a quick <laughs> shout out YouTube. If you're listening, uh, would love the sponsorship. So, you know, <laughs> we'll promote it all day long, man. Hit me up. Hit me up. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, your your guidance and wisdom and help over the years has really made an impact on me. So uh, thank you for that. I look to you often for inspiration, for advice, and also just for a good conversation. So we've had many, many non-recorded conversations over the years, and uh, some of them longer than this, and some of them you know, more in depth with a lots of little nuggets. So you're a good, a good dude. And, uh, I'm happy that you're my friend and I'm glad that we reconnected after bumping into each other at that Starbucks. Um, which I don't think either of us mm-hmm. go to Starbucks very often anymore. So that's another change, you know, no. that's a habit that was really, really tough for me to kick back in the day. Um, but it was, yeah, that was, that was deep. Oh, you had man. the breakfast sandwich and the, and the Starbucks. That, that was that such was a routine. routine for about 10 years of my life. And, uh, man, if I yeah. had, if I had to do that over again, I would have gone for a bagel or something instead. <laughs> it's, it's the hamster wheel of the That's Starbucks. It, man. Ham That's sandwich. it. So any, any last words yeah. of wisdom you want to leave with no, the I, people? 
No, I don't. I don't know that I. I have any any wisdom, but um, back at you for the uh, the friendship, and you are a uh, a great friend, amazing resource. Um, you know, provide me the same. So I think that we're uh, we are uh, compensating each Dude, other. We're on well. the we're on the path. Um, we're on the path I'm together. I'm just proud of you. Yeah, I'm just proud of you for getting this podcast started um, because I know it's something that you've wanted to do for a while. And, uh, you know, why not? It's good. Just get started. You know, it's only going to get better from here. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. We'll probably look back at episode three yeah, and we'll be, be like, like oh, damn. My. We, uh, we'll be on YouTube by then. <laughs> so, all right, man. Have a great <laughs> night. Uh, thanks for jumping on here. And uh, I appreciate you, man. We'll talk. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I sure did. I had a good time recording it, talking to my friend. And uh, don't forget to like us on Instagram at the PMA path underscore podcast or leave a five star review on um, Apple Podcasts or anywhere you see podcasts. Thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day.